0: welcome to data protection gumbo it's more than just a podcast it's a source of insights to keep you tapped into all things data driven so that you can be the most informed technical expert in the virtual room listen in weekly to stay educated on the latest trends in backup recovery storage cloud and security I'm your host, Demetrius Malbro, and on this episode of Data Protection Gumbo, I sit down with Sabaya Sundaram, and he also spearheads product management, product marketing alliances, sales engineers, and customer success, and he has more than 20 years of experience delivering best-in-class multi-cloud data protection and on-premises solutions over at Haiku. Uh, he's also a Kellogg Management School MBA graduate, and he also has worked with some of the leading companies in the backup and recovery industry, such as EMC, NetApp, Veritas, BMC, CA, and Data Gravity. Sabaya, how are you today?
1: Very good, Demetrius. As always, it's a pleasure talking with you.
0: I appreciate it, and uh, I'm really excited for this conversation, Sabaya, because number one, it is AWS reInvent 2022 and I really want to, you know, really understand, you know, what's going on at at Haiku and also uh, what are you guys planning on talking about or delivering uh, over at AWS reInvent uh, for this week?
1: Absolutely. First off, uh, Dimitri, it's been uh, almost a year since we, I think a little more than a year since we spoke last, right? It's, it, was, it was a great conversation last time and I look forward to a good one this time too. I, you know, Since we spoke last time, I wanted just to give you a quick recap of what some of the things that have happened at Haiku, because that'll probably set the stage for what we are doing at AWS reInvent, which I'm here today. First off, I want to share with you that for the last year, it's been a fantastic time at Haiku. Number one, we have grown tremendously over the period of time. That's the first part. I don't know whether last time when we spoke at that time we had gotten our funding, but that was our series A a little more than a year ago. And less than six months ago, we got our series B, which is about six months now, Uh, end of June, end of June, uh, we got our series B. And with that, we have a little over $140 million in funding. It has been a great honor for us in the sense that we thank, really want to thank our investors, Bain Capital and Acrew, for leading the investment in the first round and in the second round coming back and saying, guys, we need to put more money in to let you guys grow, which is fantastic. And, you know, the other thing I'll tell you, Demetrius, is, is that it, in the Series B, it's just not about the first two investors. It as people started seeing what we are doing in the multi cloud and for every cloud how we are building purpose built and looking at our ability to execute we were glad to here have a form new partnerships with atlassian ventures cisco and okta all three have actually participated in the series b these are strategic investors as you could imagine these are great names and they bring in great set of experiences and customer base and so it's it is it's been a phenomenal uh, time in letting us getting us the new money to actually help us grow because customers love what we have done, the adoption has been great. Customers, we are very thankful for uh, getting a score of NPS score of ninety one. Yes, right, right. It's very hard to get an NPS score of that level, and we're really really thankful to our customers for getting us there.
0: Yeah, and I, I completely uh, agree with you, Sabaya, because you know currently right now in this. The macroeconomic headwinds and trends that are happening with layoffs, and to receive that amount of funding, and to to know that Haiku is is in a good place, and that you guys are continuing to innovate, is is super important. And you know that, that also brings me to you know reinvent. And as we know, AWS they are the the master of uh, introducing new services, et cetera, and also. I'm curious just to just to see, you know, what what are some of your partnerships going to look like? And as AWS roll out new services this week, are you partnering with with AWS on, on any of the new services or maybe even the existing services that they they have out there?
1: It's, it's been a great time to great to be at AWS. Right. They are. It's a great show. And I think we are honored to actually meet so many great customers here at the show. You know, one of the things about AWS, I think even last time when we spoke, Demetrius, I'm not sure at that time we had launched our solution, but the good thing is right now we have full-fledged AWS offering. Mm, so okay. if you think about what our offering entails here. It is, we allow you three things. We do backup and recovery, migration and disaster recovery. provide backup and recovery to AWS, as well as for the data on AWS. That's the first one. We help customers migrate their on-prem infrastructure to AWS, as well as if they decide to repatriate some of the data, we can allow them to migrate the data back from AWS onto the on-prem infrastructure. And the last thing is that we allow customers to actually use AWS as a disaster recovery, cost-efficient disaster recovery target. That's number one. And we also as much as AWS is highly available, just for customer safety and security, we recommend they have a disaster recovery between regions of AWS. And that is something we can automate for customers. So we have a full comprehensive solution for customers on AWS. I think that has been a great pleasure and I think I'm very happy to report customers have used it, have had a great time. That's the first thing. So you know what happened as we were thinking about it, Demetrius, over time, one thing we realized is that as much as you think customers would know that they have to back up the data, even today, we were surprised to find a significant part of the data on AWS is not being backed up.
0: That's, mm, really?
1: Yeah, that's it's crazy. Mm. That's one of the reasons we talked internally, and then we said, how could we help customers? Simon Taylor, our CEO, said, guys, we got to make sure there's a minimum level of protection available for all customers. That's one of the reasons. We are actually offering a free, what we call a free tier of backup for all customers using AWS EC2 instances. Any amount of capacity you have on EC2, you should be able to backup using native AWS snapshots. And we will deliver our fully managed backup as a service at no charge for customers. Wow! Right? Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Is, yes, yeah. it's a, absolutely as you said. It's a it's a full data protection service available for customers. It's a fully managed service okay. too. Right. That is something we are offering for customers. The whole idea is we want to make sure customers should have a minimum level of protection. That said, some of the customers who need the higher level of service, we obviously are we do have a higher level of fully paid service for customers too. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to make sure we want to make sure at least at the minimum level of data protection available for all data for customers. would
0: that would that be considered for more small and medium-sized businesses? because obviously, On an enterprise level that it may not be sufficient?
1: That's a great point. Great question you ask, uh, Demetrius. The way Mm -hmm. I think of it is that it is not necessarily by the segmentation, by the size of the customer. Absolutely customer can start that. I think it's more with the criticality of the data. What we will say is that minimum Mr. Customer for all of your data have a minimum level of protection. That's your level one, right? Okay. What we recommend highly is that for your critical data, please do increase the level of protection, right? That's what we would recommend for, for customers. Okay. And that's the way we think of, there's a free tier available charge, no charge. And if you want for your depending on a set, you can turn on different levels of capability. And that is optional for the customer. Great, great. So that's one of the things which we actually are offering as uh, announcing at AWS. And actually we are making it available to all customers. We were earlier doing this for a small set of customers. We learned from that experience. Wanted to make the entire journey simple, and we are making it available for all of the customers at Rainment.
0: Hmm. And what what were some of the the decisions to go the, the the free tier or freemium freemium route? Because sometimes you have to to really balance. You know what what are you going to actually provide for customers to to be able to download to help protect their workload versus when do you charge them? So. I'm just curious as to the thought process behind that. I, I know it's protecting uh, a, a minimum level of their of, of their backups, but w- was there anything else that went into making that decision?
1: Absolutely, I can actually tell you. So one of the things, Dimitris, as you said, I mean, the thing is we wanna make sure there's a minimum level of protection. The first level of protection for customers is that aws provides some of the primitives like the snapshot capability oh right the question yeah. challenge for customers was that they had to write scripts and they had to actually if you had multiple accounts they had to log to three different times or n different times to log it to manage that is for backup recovery was a lot more even painful for customers we said our whole goal is saying guys we wanted to make it easy for customers to adopt it to start using it and leveraging having a minimal level of protection and automate this enter I mean, this entire recovery process for customers that's what we actually did that's the first step the thing with so you not as you said when should a customer think of higher level of services right the way we think of it is that if a customer has a need to protect the data for a longer period of time snapshots are great but it will become expensive for customers so from a cost management perspective we recommend customers keep some number of copies on snapshots and the rest of the stuff we recommend that you put in more cost-efficient S3 buckets, right? That is something, it's an optional item. That is something we recommend for customers. That's the first thing. The second thing what happens, Demetrius, is that for customers who have compliance need, be you're in a healthcare industry, or a financial industry, or in a retail industry where you have PCI data, things like that. If a customer has to keep the data for a longer period of time, again, it's better you have a very cost-efficient way, right? Cost efficiency comes from two different dimensions. One is finding the right tier of S3 storage to do the protection, that's the first part. The second Mm -hmm. part is that you want to keep the data also in a very efficient fashion. That's where Haiku, what, what we do is that for some of the paid services, we allow you to have a much more cost efficient manner of even storing the data. We have what's called a unique block tracking, an ability to make sure only the unique blocks are stored even in a cheaper storage. That way it re- dramatically reduces the cost for customers. So that is those are the kinds of things we think of as how do we do that? I'll mention two other things and I'll probably stop. The, the third thing for me for customers for it is a big thing is around data safety and security, right? As much as the cloud vendors do a lot of protection, native protection, it is better for the customer to actually have ransomware protection built in in their backup because backup is a last line of defense and you better make it safe. And that's where we make sure the customer's data is safe in a separate account, in a separate, it's in a worm bucket, things like that. We can actually protect that for customers. And those are the kinds of things which we tell customers that these are just start, I mean, there's a lot more to it than that. But that's the kind of thing which we tell for P customers saying, have a minimal level of protection for the things you need for longer term retention, things around compliance, things around cost efficiency, let us know and we can help you, Mr. Customer. That's the way we do. And in addition, I can talk about disaster recovery and so many other things.
0: Yeah, I I think that's pretty phenomenal, Sabaya. because the number one takeaway for 2022 is security, right? Ransomware, that conversation I mean, I mean you, you can have that conversation and that discussion every day when, when you are talking technology because it's it's something that happens often. And so one question I, I do have for you. So when you mention ransomware, do you do you have things such as like air gap and also to keep the data immutable so no one can change it? And also what's more important is to even know if something has happened in maybe the monitoring or the alerting side of the house? So
1: some of the things which we offer actually, Dimitri, are the, so you mentioned some of the key items there. The first is that everything Haiku does is fully journaled and log because we are tightly integrated into the native identity management for the customer. That's the first part, right? So for the customer, the first thing is that that's there. And the second one is that within the security construct. Customers think in terms of using service accounts, specifically, that's one of the recommended practice by AWS. So that is something we actually do. So That's why it's isolated from your users and your data is safe. That's the first part. The second thing is that it's not just the connectivity security, it's also keeping the data in isolated location. That is something Haiku can do so that your backup is completely in a different account, managed in a completely bucket, which is not accessible to your regular users. That separation is so critical. That's the second one. The third thing is that it is just not about the separation. It's a question of keeping it worm-locked. So even if accidentally somehow somebody gets access to it, they don't delete it. That's something which they do. In addition to that, the good thing about Haiku is that everything we provide, all the reporting, the alerting, the web hooks to automate your notification, all that stuff is built in into the product. It is not something, a separate service or anything like that for a customer. And the last thing I'll mention is that everything Haiku does is monitored, managed 24 by 7, so the customer does not have to worry about the onus on us to make sure the service is available. Not just the service available, we also monitor whether your data protection is happening on a regular basis, and is it actually happening consistently. Those are some things which we offer as part of our service. And that, at the end of the day, the way I think of is that a customer should sleep comfortably at night saying that the data is protected and that's what I'd keep for great yeah
0: and uh, i know you mentioned multi cloud data protection so that means and i want to get your definition of that so i guess that means any any workloads that are on premises so if you have a nutanix device that 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 happens to be you know on premises or if it's in one of the the public clouds of course aws um, azure and also gcp as well so that you have a capability that allows you to protect any workload regardless of of where it sits. So you have the intelligence built in to protect at the application level and also the uh, VM level as well, and maybe even the container. Is is that correct?
1: That is right. That is right. That's a great point. Let me actually add to what you were saying. True multi-cloud protection is that for customers, pretty much as you would clearly say, Dimitri, is that there's no single customer who says, "All oh, my data is only in one cloud." Right? It's just today practically it's not possible for customers. So customers actually have the data in multiple clouds. The thing which we offer for customers is that one, have give you the flexibility of your backing up your data in different clouds. That's the first part. The second one is being able to manage your data protection in a consolidated fashion across the clouds. That's a number two, and number three as much as customers plan their data to be in one cloud you know customers do because cloud is still a young thing compared to their on-prem world in that particular one customers decide they want to move workloads from one to the other and based on different needs might have to move reshape their workloads from one cloud to the other they need the flexibility they cannot be locked into one of them and that's the benefit we allow them to actually move things around between the clouds and that's the other benefit for that's what I think of true multi cloud for the customer.
0: Hmm. Okay. And what what's more important to you though is it is it protecting the application or is it just making sure that everything the application is, is running on like a virtual machine or a a physical device because th- this is sometimes a conversation that uh, depending on who you are whether you are a deep techie system administrator or engineer or if you are a a CIO C level executive then you know, the, the conversation is different, right? So what what's your perspective?
1: That's a, that's a great question, Demetrius. Yes. The way I think of it is that at the end of the day, application is what the, runs the business, right? So application is the core. But the way when we when we think of application, we think of the entire stack of the application, all the way from the applications to the databases to the operating systems, the hypervisor, the entire stack there, right, which is there for the customer. And that's what we want to be. The physical infrastructure itself, as much as I allow my friends who deliver the physical servers and appliances i'll tell you the thing is that that is something vendors like hypervisors allow them to abstract and vendors like us allow portability for customers for customers that's why that is something we can turn around to. but the big thing is that as a data protection vendor we have to understand the entire stack and understand the configuration if you understand the stack and the configuration we can make them portable and our job is to make the data mobile or the application mobile and that is what we people like us try to do that. And I'm happy to report that a lot of customers do that. And we've been very able to help them.
0: And, and also from, I guess, a complexity or simplicity perspective, how much effort is needed in order to, because you mentioned the, the free tier. Is that is that something that you just go to your website, you point you point and click, download here? And well, what's the setup process like? Is is that?
1: That's a great question. So yeah. we, one of our... Goals, uh Demetrius is that goals, and I think we have I've been able to accomplish that customer. The good thing is that we are a true SaaS, so the customer does not have to download and anything. All they have to go is go to our website, tryhaiku.com, go to AWS in this case, and subscribe. Immediately you will be given a dedicated instance just for you, right? We will provision a brand new instance just for you, Mr. Customer, and you will get that, right? All you have to do is wait for a few minutes, you'll get an email saying, yes, your service is provisioned, here's your link, start using it. It's as simple as that. And our objective is less than 10 minutes from the start you log in, you should be able to completely realize the value okay. of the solution, mm, wow. less than 10 minutes. That's the level of amount of time we want customers to have to spend. Because we think data protection should be simple and you should be able to use it right away. Right. And that's what we strive towards. And I'm very happy to report as part of the journey to deliver this free tier for customers. We have been, we were already simple, but this has helped us to push it even further on that particular.
0: Maybe looking into 2023, what, what are some of the the predictions that you have for the overall cloud data protection market? Do you, do you see anything that's maybe AI and ML capable?
1: Absolutely. So. I'll probably mention, start with one of the things, uh, Dimitris, which I uh, should have mentioned to, at AWS when one of the things we are also uh, loving customers, what we realize is that you know, EC2 is one naturally a place where customers run their applications and virtual machines and things like that, and we have protected it f- for a while now. But the big thing is that we also, a lot of our customers said, guys, we use the S3 storage, which was traditionally considered a backup and archive storage for customers, Right now, for a lot of customers and applications, that's the tier one storage. Mm-hmm. That's where their core data is. So they wanted us to protect that data. So that is something we added, and that's something we actually are, may make it available. And any customers who are visiting us today at the booth can actually see the see it in action. That's number one, right? Okay. That is something there. Something I wanted to mention there. The, the thing is with regards to twenty twenty three, you know, a big part which I see, Demetrius, is that. You know, customers talk about data. with people typically, when they think of, where's your data, when you ask them the data, they think, oh, I have my data in on-prem, in uh, AWS, in Google, and Azure. That's what they typically think of. Yeah, yeah. If you double-click on it a little more, what you will realize is that customers have their data in tremendous amount of silos. People, initially, you ask them, really, are you sure? Then you think they say, oh, no, I have a Salesforce. I have a Dropbox. I have not Box. Then they start doing it. Average company has the data in 150 plus silos. That's the number of silos they have, right? As much as we thinking of backup, typically we think of backup in our own silo uh, infrastructure within our, within our within our domain, like on-prem and public cloud. That is just a start. The thing which we want to we see customers do is that that all we are seeing is the trend is the increase in the cl- cloud service consumption absolutely going up for customers customers have to find a way to actually protect the data. So that's something the increase in use of SaaS is going up. And that means customers have to increase this data, which is critical data being spread across many, many more silos. They got to be able to protect it. That is something which we see a big part uh, in 2023. I think customers will start seeing more of it's a pain for customers. And as they start realizing it, it's absolutely there customers also in the public cloud, I'll tell you, it is just not about using the public cloud initial services. Initially, a lot of people did a lift and shift. That's that's something there. We see a lot of transformation happening, and which means the use of microservices and containers and Kubernetes clusters and things like that, that's absolutely growing up. And the last thing I'll mention is, I'll tell you, is that customers are actively, I mean, the acceleration pace at which they are starting to use, that, as you said, the AI and ML models, and some of the Intelligent services offered by these cloud vendors is dramatically increasing. That also means it also brings a lot more data, which means they have to keep a lot more data safe. Those are some of the things which we see in the customer world, and we got to make sure the data is mobile, native data is protected across the board wherever the customer is.
0: Yeah, you you made an interesting point about workloads and being able to, I guess for the workloads to be portable, right? So, if you want to move a workload from, you know, your on-premises data center over to the public cloud, are you seeing a, a lot of that? Is is anyone inquiring about the ability to maybe utilize your product for for lift and shift?
1: Oh, uh- Absolutely, I'll tell you, it's, it's amazing. Just to give you a little bit of background there. Originally, we did not plan to intend to do migration. We were doing data backup and recovery. That's our primary focus. And then we added disaster recovery. What happened was customers brought to the fact, guys, we love your backup and recovery and the simplicity which is there. What they said was, guys, but we still need to migrate. We are in the process of going to the cloud. Can you help us? We said, aren't there lots of te- technologies already out there? They said they are there, but it's so painful and it's so slow. We love the simplicity you did for backup. Why can't you do that? That's what we entered that migration space, right? It is not, it's not, that was not their intention. But that simplicity class was loved as the one-way migration. And then as soon as we did that, they said, guys, it's not just one way. We also need the other way around. Yeah. That started us getting into the disaster recovery aspect of it. That's what truly, that's what actually happened. But the data mobility, I'll tell you, it is such a critical thing. I know I'm at AWS show but I'll tell you in the public, in the federal government, Azure and AWS are pretty big. And uh, one of the things recently Haiku introduced was an ability to actually for customers to have a data mobility and disaster recovery to Azure Gov Cloud. And that is the reason is that they have very interesting use case at, at the government level too, where they want to use the data and keep the data mobile because it's a need in the industry today And that is something we see
0: quite a bit. I don't know if you know, Sabaya, but I I used to be a a backup administrator uh, and a consultant and an architect back in the day. So I primarily worked on, it was ADSM, which turned into TSM, which is now Spectrum Protect. Uh, Also, I did some networker, uh, EMC Networker, Data Domain, Avamar—you know a lot of different backup technologies. But the question I have, and and what I ran into, was disaster recovery was so complex, right? It it required a lot of time to plan out which tapes you were going to take off site with with the backup server, which different clients that protected these applications, data. It was a mess, right? So. From your perspective, I I, I really want to understand how Haiku does disaster recovery. Is what, what's the what's the what's the actual process there? Is that a, a simple process to do, or what does that look like?
1: That's a great question, Demetrius. I'll tell you the the way, as you said, I've been in similar boats like you, uh, Demetrius, and like I've not been an administrator, but I've actually helped customers, so many customers, and actually I've also actually had the privilege of working with a lot of the vendors and in the space and in the the technologies there. But one of the things I learned and our team has learned, I'll tell you, our team has worked on eight different backup products, it's amazing that you guys have done. But one of the things we learned was it's great, the technologies, they did a great job, but the fundamental problem, the biggest thing we said, if there's one thing you will eliminate, what is that? It's the complexity, Mm -hmm. right? That's what, when we started Haiku, one of our core fundamental design principles was saying, how do you eliminate complexity, right? Right. It's almost like Simon Taylor, our CEO likes to say, it's like going to an airplane cockpit and removing all the knobs out. He don't want so many knobs to confuse you. You want a small set of things, the critical things to really design, and that's what you use. That's the model we uh, believe in. And that's what we have done for even DR. In public cloud, the way we think of it is that one is simplicity, the other one is cost. At the end of the day, it's nice if it's simple, but if it's not cost efficient, customers cannot use it, right? And that's where we think of, how do you keep the cost in mind and the simplicity? So how do you, the only way to accomplish that is build an intelligence into the product itself, where the solution itself understands the nuances of the environment, the cost aspect of the environment, at least to keep the cost low. That's what we have done. The thing which we do for customers is that a DR is truly a one-click DR, or I should say one selection, depending on what you want to do, which cloud, where do you want to do, select and go there. We automatically take, the way we do it is that we never use compute resources till you're really in a DR or in a DR test mode. That's something we do. We keep the data in a very efficient way. So that's something we keep your data ready to go anytime. That's number one. Number two, we use the compute only when you need it number three we have provided enough automation so that you can test your dr on a regular basis when we talk about testing people think oh so all it is is that you spin it up do a ping and it's done we think that's good but that's not good enough because we think the applications have to be the critical ones right the question is that we also make sure your applications are tested not just the system being up and running it's your applications are tested for availability that is something we can actually do, do that too so it's the entire automation and the whole thing under doing it simply and keeping it cost efficient that's what we believe are so critical and i'm happy to report lots of customers using it and we have over 3600 customers in 78 plus countries right now so okay I'm happy to report customers are very happy
0: and if if you were to let's say you were you know at at reinvent and you got on the elevator with a chief information security officer and you, and you you recognize his face, but you couldn't quite put his name to it. And so you wanted to pitch him. Like, what what would that conversation be like? You only have maybe 60 seconds or 120 seconds to have that conversation. What would you say to him?
1: It's a great test, I would say. Um, the, the simple thing which I would probably, typically I always do with customers, I'm always curious about how they keep their data safe. I always love to understand about their infrastructure. The big thing i always tell them is that what are they doing to protect their data against ransomware as simon always loves to say ransomware is a is a big problem for every customer right now and we want to help them and that's where even if you don't buy haiku it's okay perfectly fine we design what's called our score ransomware recovery readiness because we tell customers saying it doesn't matter our technology but please make sure you're rec- ready to recover from ransomware when it attacks you because it's not a question of if it's a question of when it's going to attack. Over 70% of the companies in the world have been touched by ransomware, some sort of a downtime last year, right? It's every 11 seconds, and I think I recently heard a stat, every six seconds, there's a company being attacked by ransomware. So it's a significant problem. We recommend customers to do that. All we ask is that, hey, we have, a, we have a service, free service, use it for that. And if you can be of help, please let us know. That's what we do first. And the second thing is we tell customers thing, when you think of disaster, don't think of disaster recovery just for your tier zero application. That's nice, that was the best thing. Today in ransomware, it takes 22 days for average company to bring everything online. That being the case, you're better off being able to bring up all of your infrastructure cost efficiently. That is something I, again, I recommend to customers please do that.
0: And with your monitoring capability, and I'm assuming you have reporting as well, how how simple or easy is it for someone to comply with, I guess different regulations because you mentioned earlier uh, PCI, um, you know there's also there's a ton of alphabets right so you <laughs> GDPR CCPA um, SEC seventeen a dash whatever right Sarbanes Oxley and th- there's a lot is is there any capability built in from Haiku or any of your products that actually helps with, you know, complying to some of these regulations?
1: So, you know, when you think of compliance, uh, Demetrius, there are a couple of attributes people have to look at. One is the security access control for the customers at the end of the day, that's number one, right? The first one, as I said, we use the native identity. Haiku doesn't have any credentials except what you gave as a service account. And that's basically it, right? And everything Haiku does, is completely logged and tracked in the native console. So, that from a security, safety, any auditing you go regarding who does what access, everything is fully logged. That's number one. Number two, I'll tell customers is that the big concern people actually have is that when do you have to get into a lot more of the PCI GDPR with the data protection vendor? If the data control of your data goes to somebody else, a fundamental design principle we had in Haiku is that we want the data to never have to leave the customer's account, the customer's project, right? That is one thing we make sure the customer's data is always with the customer. That number one, it gives them confidence. Number two, from any regulation perspective, you do not have to worry about it. as long as you have a good corporate compliance, your data is secure and follows the same philosophy. Those are some things which we end up doing for customers. That's their and other thing I'll tell you from a security perspective, we are so, I would say sometimes paranoid. We uh, we went through a STIC certification with the federal government. That is something we actually have, STIC certification. We have gone through the common criteria certification with the federal government. Those are things that are what they call an IAP certification. So we have done a variety of things to constantly keep saying, how do we make ourselves more secure? And that's that's what we end up doing and uh, that should actually help us customers quite a bit from their certification
0: needs. Okay, and just m- maybe going back to reInvent since this is uh, kind of a, a very exciting time of the year right after Thanksgiving, everyone is, you know, after we've we've ate our turkey, uh, we all hop on a plane and unfortunately I, I couldn't make it. So this is a year that I, I have to sit on the sideline, but, you know, what, what are you looking forward to, I guess, gaining overall from the conference from from reInvent are you looking to you know learn about the new services or, or what are you trying to take away
1: absolutely so a couple of things there one is uh I you about the free service which we have actually offered for customers we want to make sure a lot more customers know about the free service and what's available for them to how to how to make their data protection protect all their data that's the first part which i would tell you the second thing which i probably want to uh, do personally for me i'm a guy who loves to talk with customers i'll tell you I want to learn how customers are adopting some of lot of the new services AWS actually has and how they are actually keeping it safe. That's the second thing. The third thing I'll tell you is that I'm very excited about the partnership we have with AWS. They've been a great partner. And I mean, as big they are, I'm amazed. It's a phenomenal company. I'm, I'm always amazed at their scale and at which they are able to do the execute on that particular. and I have so much respect for them. The thing for them, the way I'll tell you is that we have been lots of our customers have tons of data. Haiku brings in lots of data onto AWS. In addition to that, we have actually, in our partnership is getting much more stronger. We are part of their, what we call ISV Accelerate program, as well as their CoSell program. This allows us to jointly go after customers to be able to get them to leverage the value of Haiku coming along with AWS and being able to get them together. So those are some of the exciting things. I, I, there's a lot more to it than that, but I mean that's what I'm I'm looking forward to in AWS.
0: Nice, and I'm sure you're looking forward to some of those th- those dinners, those customer dinners where you're able to eat whatever you want to eat. <laughs>
1: it's been a great already meeting a lot of customers. Yeah, yeah, uh, actually, it's been a fun exercise.
0: And as, I guess as we we move toward 2023, if if you had to choose one particular technology that you you would say would be the most important thing for maybe a CIO to, to focus on. And you can't say security. <laughs> you can't say security. What, what, would, what would that next thing be that you think that a CIO should, should focus on in 2023?
1: Absolutely. The one thing I'd probably ask a CIO to do is take an inventory of where their data is. Sounds simple when I say this. I'll tell you, ask them to please take an inventory of where your data is. What's critical? And are you protecting it? And do you have the right tools and technologies to actually protect it? That's what I probably would tell them. Because not everything is critical, but you gotta first have a view of what you actually have, and then figure out whether you can keep them safe. Because I think that's that's the biggest missing piece today.
0: Is, is there anything on the horizon as far as I don't know if you can share roadmap with us or something that you're that you're working on that you're excited about that may be coming out soon? Maybe a sneak peek or a snippet of anything. Can, can you or can't you?
1: So that's a great question. I always, uh, roadmaps are uh, always evolving, but one thing I can tell you, uh, Demetrius, is that I look forward to coming back on your show and probably just a couple of months, not too far early in the year, I'll look forward to coming back and making some exciting, sharing with you some exciting uh, things coming up at Haiku. At the end of the day, it's all towards helping customers, keeping their data safe. And really looking forward to do, telling you more about uh, some exciting things coming
0: up. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a pleasure to have you on. And uh, I, I learned quite a bit just listening to you and learning some of the exciting things that, that you guys have going on with your partnership with AWS. Um, also, some of the things you have around ransomware and, you know, air gap and immutability and just that multi-cloud uh, workload protection and the simplicity that's built in. And uh, I always enjoy having a conversation with you because you you are a, a true technologist at, at heart, just like myself. So uh, I, I really appreciate you being on the show again. And um, any, any final closing thoughts for for the for the listeners before I let you go? Uh,
1: Dimitri, as always, number one, as always, it's a pleasure talking with you. And uh, one thing I would recommend all of your listeners is that please do get a chance to make sure all of your data is protected. That's something there. Or as always, it will not be fair if you don't tell it. Please do give it a haiku a try, tryhaiku.com. And that's something I want people to give it a chance because it's not about just uh, the whole idea I think of is that you got to simplify your life. I uh, you always tell people and I think uh, haiku will be there to actually help you. Thank
0: you. Well, Sabaya, thank you again for appearing on Data Protection Gumbo. Until next time, we will talk to you later. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Data Protection Gumbo. Please follow us on Twitter at DPG Podcast and join our Backup and Recovery Professionals LinkedIn group. Just search Backup and Recovery Professionals on LinkedIn and you will find the group. And until next time, Gumbo listeners, have a fantastic week.